Dante Greco. Dante is a really smart guy. Ladies love Dante. Look at that face. Dante Greco. Dante was me, yours truly. I'm gonna come. Aren't we all? Welcome to the Dante Greco Show. It's Taco Tuesday. We're here. We're queer. We don't want any more bears. We're bigger and blacker. We're backer. Let's get this show going. A lot of tragedy to cover. A lot of fun stuff, too. I mean, listen, we got the Nashville shooting. It's absolutely terrible. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, why the liberals in Congress are sticking up so much for TikTok. We're going to talk about how Twitter has a secret VIP list where they help out these uh, celebrities and influential figures with the algorithm if they're not getting enough engagement. Brian Koberger's family is in shambles. Supposedly, according to Brian Enton of News Nation, his sisters have been fired from their jobs. The family is struggling financially. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Praz from the Fugees being mixed up with that Joe Lau Malaysian guy who helped bankroll the Wolf of Wall Street film with Leonardo DiCaprio, directed by Martin Scorsese. They got the Colorado dentist who killed his wife, losing money in a crypto scheme. Kanye likes the Jews again. Harry Styles doesn't know how to kiss. They're trying to make us eat bugs still, and they, they're trying to make a meatball out of woolly mammoth. It's just so crazy out there. We're going to talk about it all. We're just going to hang out today. No rush, nothing to do. Just going to do the show. I haven't been on since Friday, so uh, my apologies if anyone tuned in yesterday. I'm not sure if it made a difference in your life, but I'm back today. Had a good weekend, went to the Laker game. By the way, don't ever go to a, uh, I've decided never, ever go to a professional basketball game during the day. It was a 1230 game. The Lakers energy was low. You know, no one really wants to be there that early. We're all a little bit tired, and uh, they lost. They got blown out by, like, 20 points for most of the game. So 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Now let's pivot over to some horrible news. So this uh, Nashville mass shooter, Audrey Hale. So she was born Audrey Hale, became Aiden Hale. This is a story, you know, this is my favorite kind of story. It's a story where... Talking about it at all is very risky to any future employment prospects. You know what I mean? If I want to have any kind of take on this other than just reading what's in the articles, and even then I got to pick and choose carefully which articles I read, it can be very detrimental to future employment prospects. That's just the world that we live in right now. Uh, So, but screw it. Let's take a risk. Again, terrible story. Three children shot dead. Two adults, or three three adults shot dead as well. Uh, that's her stalking through the school. Absolutely terrible. The cops were heroes in this situation. Two officers rushed in and took her down. Not like Uvalde, where they waited in the hallway for, for the guy to get done slaughtering everybody in the, in the classroom. These cops went in there, so I commend them uh, extremely. Nashville mass shooter... Audrey Hale was rejected by her Christian parents who couldn't accept she was gay and trans. As cops reveal, she also planned to shoot relatives. You know, I'm 
on Twitter a lot because I want to see what the general discourse is when these big stories happen. And I do see a lot of people pinning this on the trans movement. There's something called the Trans Day of Vengeance coming up soon where trans people are going to fight back and there are a lot of trans influencers posting pictures with automatic weapons and weapons in their imagery and all that. However, I think that this is kind of like uh, the incel problem because it's like a societal, these are unhappy people, Audrey Hale or whoever the latest incel shooter was. And it's like a decentralized terror organization in a way, because it's not like there's like some movement and Audrey Hale was a soldier that went out there to carry out objectives. I, I believe how I, I believe that like, it's just like a mass mental illness issue, truly. So, yes, was the shooter trans? Could she have been radicalized on the Internet? Maybe. But I don't think that it's like uh, this. This big proud. I mean, first of all, they, they already talk about how rare it was, a that it was a woman shooter. There's only been five in modern history. And B, I don't know when was the last time we had a trans shooter. So I don't think it's an the ep epidemic that conservative Twitter is making it out to be. I think it's just uh, one person who was alienated and unhappy. I mean, listen, clearly, look at this headline. It's a personal problem. Her parents wouldn't accept her. Yeah, she probably looks around at the media and sees, you know, a lot of opposition to trans people in their, uh, in their agenda. And uh, there's also a lot of support, too. Can't rule that out. I mean, uh, you can't uh, discount that a lot of support in the mainstream media so i think this was just one person's beef twisted school shooter audrey hale was at odds with her devout christian parents because she because they couldn't accept she was gay and transgender dailymail.com can exclusively reveal church coordinator norma 61 and her husband ronald 64 refused to let Hale, who had recently adopted the name Aiden and used he, him pronouns, dress as a man in their home. The 28-year-old loner would instead wait until she left their $700,000 Nashville property to change outfits, according to a well-placed source. Well, there's a big problem right there. 28 years old, you're not allowed to dress as a man in their home. Like, 28 years old, should have been long gone. Like... If you got that problem, go out and get up an apartment and dress however the fuck you want. Wear nothing at all. Walk around naked all day. Who gives a shit? It's your place. You know, take a little bit of responsibility here, Audrey. You only see what you want to see. Their religion does not allow them to accept homosexuality. The source told DailyMail.com. Yeah, I mean, look. Also, the parents, I know you're in your 60s. You're kind of from a different time, but you're not from that different of a time. Get with the times. All right. Attitudes are changing. Try not to alienate your daughter uh, who wants to be a man. Just, you know, talk, talk it through with her. I don't know. There's a lot of fault on all sides here. Not criminally for the parents, but, you know, just in terms of uh, creating a, a happy home life. She was Audrey at home, but when she left the house, she changed clothes. They did know about it. They just didn't accept it. Neighbors in the tree-lined suburban street where the family lived for three decades said they were clueless about Hale's apparent transition and remembered her as a skater tomboy type. 
She introduced herself about a year and a half ago as Audrey, said one. I treated her like a female, and she didn't correct me. She seemed artistic, quiet, and well-mannered. Police now say Hale planned to carry out more attacks, including against her own family. We've talked to the father and the mother. We searched the home and found two more weapons there and some more maps pertaining to thinking about some other incidents. Well, again, horrible plan. Um, how are you expecting to kill your family after go you think you're just going to go into the school and then make it out? What's the matter with you? Yeah, she should have moved on at 28. Exactly. When they first reported that this was a teen, I was like, okay, you know, troubled teen. Troubled 28-year-old. You are free to go for 10 years. You have been free to go. More than 10 years, really. Some people are out at 16 if they really want it. You know, at a certain point, like, everybody has, not everybody, but, like, some people have parents that don't agree with their lifestyle. It's part of life. Move on. Move out get a job and put together a life that shows them, Hey, you know what? I may, I've changed my identity. I'm, I am now uh, Aiden. I'm living as a man and dressing as a man, but I'm also taking care of myself. And maybe mom and dad would be more accepting begrudgingly or, or grudgingly, but uh, more accepting instead. It's like you're here in the house still at 28 you're not going forward. You're not moving forward uh, in life at all. Like you're just going to be our problem forever. And now this too, you know that we're Christians and we're not down with this. All right. Talk to the father and the mother. We searched the home and found two more weapons there and some more maps pertaining to thinking about some other incidents. We strongly believe there were going to be some other targets, including family members in one of the malls here in Nashville. And it just did not happen. Now I lived in Nashville for about a year. I didn't know this school. Um, you know, I was a grown man when I lived there without kids. So why would I? But I did not know this school. I wonder which area. I wonder if it was like the Green Hills Mall, one of those nice malls. Nashville is a great place, close knit. It's like a big, it's like a small town, big city, basically, is how I describe it. It's got a lot of features of a big city, but it's still got a small town closeness and friendliness feel terrible for this family especially the pastor the father of the nine-year-old uh and the other two children who are, i think they've now been identified publicly but uh it's terrible there are going to be other targets yeah thank god those cops got in there and they didn't mess around these cops learned lessons hopefully from Uvalde. You can't just stand there and be like, well, listen, he's got to run out of clip, uh, bullets sometime. They went right in and they took her down. I want to read the manifesto. I heard they're going to release the manifesto. I think it happened in Franklin. Oh, shit. I lived in Franklin, too. Very nice. It's a small town. Small town founded in like 1789, I believe. So it's terrible. All right. Uh, let me keep reading through this article. Or let's let's go to a different one. Let's go back to the main page here. The moment brave cop takes down Nashville school shooter with precision shots before colleague finishes her off on the ground. Six minutes of hellish body cam footage yeah you see her schoolgirl nine died trying to pull the fire alarm to warn her friends about trans shooter what a nightmare 
FBI agents remove more rifles from autistic school shooter. Oh, that's the other thing. She's a high functioning autistic. I don't know how that factors in here. I don't know if it does at all. But getting back to my earlier point, I don't. Th 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 this is just yet another disaffected, alienated, unhappy person. I don't think that it's fair. However you feel about, you know, trans rights and all that, I, I just don't think it's fair to say, oh, this is a trans issue. They're not shoot. This is the first time I can remember thinking that this is a, uh, that I can remember hearing about a transgender person shooting something up. She legally purchased seven firearms despite receiving treatment for an emotional disorder. So this comes down to the um, thing about gun control. You know, I think it's sensible. I, I'm not a gun control expert because I'm not a gun guy. I live here in liberal communist California. We're not big gun people. And so I, I just don't know the laws to that extent. I'm an entertainment news guy. However, I would think if someone has emotional disorder treatment on their in their background, you know, they should take a closer look at allowing them to purchase a gun. Maybe put them through some tests. It's unclear if they've been able to trace the third or who the two additional rifles found at the home belong to. The parents were apparently very anti-gun, or at least the mother was. Audrey was 28 and art school student with high-functioning autism, according to law enforcement sources cited by the Daily Beast. They were legally bought these weapons. Neighbor Sandy Durham said there were no warning signs that would suggest Hale was capable of such violence. Never. She was very sweet. I don't know what happened. It's very scary. But moments before she entered the school while sitting in her car in the parking lot, Hale sent a final message to a friend telling her she planned to die. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, another thing. We got these messages. This was posted by 901Lulu on Twitter. She messaged her friend. So basically that post I made on here about you, that was basically a suicide note. I'm planning to die today. This is not a joke. You'll probably hear about me on the news after I die. This is my last goodbye. I love you. See you again in another life. Audrey. I, I You know, this isn't an original thought, but like if you have to kill yourself, kill yourself. Do not take other people, especially innocent children and people that work at a school with you. Where does that, how does that solve your problem? Go shoot a cactus or something. You know what I mean? Shoot a tree. I know, but I don't want to live. I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to upset you or get attention. I just need to die. I wanted to tell you first because you were the most beautiful person I've ever seen and known all my life. And I believe the friend tried to contact authorities immediately. But like if she was already in the parking lot, what are you going to do? This is her older brother, Scott. You got to feel bad for him. I'm sure it's not his fault. You know, that, that links up with uh, that um, uh, Koberger, Brian Koberger, the Idaho killer, alleged. Uh, his family, I'm going to talk about this a little later. His family is suffering the consequences. Like his, his sisters have been fired and family struggling financials financially so don't necessarily take it out on the family members unless we find out there was some kind of like horrible abuse or or 
or whatever, but um, religious people and against their daughter being different. Yeah. I mean, look, ultimately the blame lies with Audrey. You can't, this is never a solution. A mass shooting is never the solution. That's her fault. Completely. You just hope that, you know, things could have been worked out ahead of time. Maybe they could have talked, gone into some therapy as a family. Her motive remains unclear, but police say she felt resentment about having attended the church school. Chief Drake said she was assassinated in the hallway and that Hale shot everyone she came into contact with. God, thank God. they Again, thank God they got there quickly. If she was on that kind of trip, shooting everybody she came into contact with, and she only came into contact with six people. Six people is too many, of course, by the way. But we've seen other shootings. Again, Uvalde and, and whatever other shooting. There's so many that you can't even keep track of them anymore to reference them. But we've seen how quickly the carnage can be unleashed. So good job to the Nashville police force. All right, what else? What's everyone else think? Her sisters were fired. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Frank Hoberg is so dumb. I agree. Yes, but when a religion and family disown you because you were not like them, is it still all her fault? Well, I mean, that's the that's the complicated thing. I think, I mean, it's her fault to pick up a gun. It's not, I, I, I don't say that she uh, can't be unhappy and can't have, you know, arguments with her family and work that out. I just, to, to pick up a gun and murder innocent people, that's on her. Uh, but... She shouldn't. It's not like that simple either. It's not like, hey, Audrey, too bad your family hates you for who you are. Like, suck it up. No, I'm not. I don't agree with that line of thinking either. The parents needed to. Like, did they have any idea? That's a question that needs to be answered. Did they have any idea that something like this could have been brewing? What did they know about the guns in the house? Were they aware that the guns were in the house? Did they buy any of these guns in the house for her? If it comes out that they did, okay, now we're really going to look at the parents with a side eye. Because, like, I sympathize with her in, in, in feeling alienated in her own house. Go to the White House and and protest with science you don't kill six innocent people exactly but like ultimately like the, the, the you never you never kill people if you ever kill people or, or shoot them or, or harm them especially innocent people uh then you you kind of you, you lose the argument there she was on any medicine that's a great question too listen these pharmaceutical companies getting people hooked on uh, uh these these like mind-altering prescription drugs with all the side effects, you know, may, may cause suicidal thoughts, may cause you to murder innocent people. You know, th this all needs to be investigated. Agree, but when you were rejected, it hurts. I blame the religion and the parents. Guns should be outlawed. Right. Right, right, right. Um, okay. Let's get back to it. She also had an art page. 
Now, this I personally hate because I'm a fan of this movie, The Shining, and uh, I don't want to be like lumped in and then thought of in uh, some negative way because of that. But the Nashville shooter had an art page for their works, including one that's now giving people pause, a rendition that highlights The Shining, including one of its haunting refrains, Red Rum. Audrey was a graphic artist and illustrator. And her website's now being poured over in the wake of the massacre. Yeah, I mean, she's just sitting there alone. I don't know if she had, I mean, she had some friends. She was messaging somebody, but this must be a loneliness epidemic in this country. People have nowhere to turn to, no one to, no one to talk to. Manifesto has not been revealed. And uh, it's just awful. So we'll see as more information comes out. Uh, is there anything in, anyone else want to uh, say before we move on from Audrey? Wouldn't be surprised to find out she was on antidepressants with suicidal side effects. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I would not be surprised at all. That, of course, never seems to be like two things never happen after these type of shootings. There really isn't any action on gun control. And I'm not a ban all guns guy, uh, but, you know, some things need to be looked at when it comes to uh, um, protect like precautions in terms of allowing people with some mental illness history to get their hands on the guns. I don't know how you solve the problem. I don't know how you fix the loopholes. I don't know how you stop people from getting something that they really want. But there's, you know, put our put put jet chat GPT on it. We'll figure it out. Uh, and then pharmaceuticals, because they pay for so much advertising that almost never gets enough of a uh, uh, headwind behind it to make any kind of difference. And I don't know if it will. Needs to be investigated. Wonder why she was so angry also and why she was so suicidal. I mean, yeah, again, as uh, Beverly here was saying, when you're rejected, it hurts. The religion and the parents, it's tough. On the other hand, she was 28 years old. You know, mom and dad can't tell you what to do at 28 unless you're living under their roof. So, again, go somewhere. Go to San Francisco. I don't know. Go somewhere else. Go to East Nashville. East Nashville is kind of like the hip, cool area. You know, go hang out in East Nashville. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about uh, Kanye West. He's back. Congratulations, Jews. Kanye likes you again. Can you believe it? Just like that. All he had to do was see a movie with Jonah Hill. Uh, however, Jewish orgs are saying to Kanye West that this Jonah Hill IG post doesn't erase the hate. Watchdog group Stop Anti-Semitism and the American Jewish Committee both tell us they need to see much more than a simple social media post from Kanye to believe He's sincere in his new feelings towards Jewish people, and they're willing to meet with him to discuss further steps while calling on him to do way more to prove he's a changed man. When I saw that post, 
I felt like Kanye was saying, like, listen, we all know Kanye is bipolar still medically appropriate, the the medically appropriate term, or bipolar is the right manic depressive is the one that we don't say anymore. He's bipolar, so it seems like his pole is flipped, and he probably feels a little sheepish about saying things like I love Hitler and I like Hitler and Hitler invented the highway. Um, so he's kind of trying to be like, Hey guys, I like you again. You know, my bad. Sorry about all that stuff and losing a billion dollars. But I would not, you know, I, I, I got aside with the Jewish orgs in this situation because you got like, at least 10 years of Kanye subscribing to Nazi ideology. And, you know, I don't listen. Kanye is not a Nazi. He's just part of the Hitler extended universe. I think, you know, he's not full blown. He's just kind of like one of those, one of those characters, but you got like 10 years of Kanye subscribing to and supporting Nazi ideology versus one night watching a Jonah Hill movie. And by the way, what happens if he watches a Jonah Hill movie that's not good? Does he switch back? Be like, God damn it, those Jews got me again. Bad movie. If he watches You People, does he change his mind? Um, Leora Rez, who's watchdog group, named Kanye the anti-Semite of the year for 2022. I wonder, by the way, is he going to be back-to-back? So far, I don't think so. He's, you know, this is... If he's trying to lose that award, he's doing a good job. Uh, she says, forgiveness is a major Jewish value, and Ye can still be forgiven, starting by publicly denouncing Fuentes. Yeah, he should. I mean, who is Nick Fuentes? He's just, you know, flash in the pan as far as uh, hate influencers. No one's going to remember Nick Fuentes in five years. Like that other guy. Who was the guy that started out back when Trump first got elected who was like the face of the alt-right, and now you don't even hear about him? Is it Richard Spencer? I don't know. But what's he doing? You know, Kanye has a chance to, he's already an established pop culture figure. He should denounce Fuentes. Fuck him. The AJC isn't rushing to forgive Kanye just yet either with spokesperson Richard Hershot telling TMZ it is a little odd that all it might take for Kanye to renounce his vile anti-Semitism is to watch an 11-year-old Jonah Hill movie. Whether Kanye is sincere, only he knows. Actually, Richard, I disagree. I don't think it's a little odd. I think that's like par for the course for Kanye. Stuff like this influences him. A movie that he likes can change his mind. As he said, he's never read a book in his life. He's not going to be convinced by facts and figures and you know philosophical argument. He's going to watch a movie or like listen to a song by a Jewish man uh you know i don't know can we get him into show tunes weren't some of those great show tunes written by uh written by jews you know take him to broadway i don't know but that's the type of stuff that will convince kanye did he see the fablemans the ajc says kanye still got a lot of explaining and apologizing to do but they're willing to meet with him in his effort to turn the page do the right thing and become a better person if he's being authentic they're issuing a call to action for Kanye, telling us they want him to take a serious, detailed look at his doubling down on anti-Semitism and being a bad person. Uh, look, the cynic in me says Kanye 
has come down from whatever high he was on. I'm not saying a drug high, but, you know, his anti-Semitic high that he was on to close out 2022. And he's saying, oh, my God, this time last year, I was a billionaire, at least as far as worth. And now Adidas hates me because they got $1.3 billion worth of Yeezy product that they don't know what to do. And I don't have the money. My wife and family are embarrassed of my antics. Uh, I married some girl who I barely know. And, you know, I think he's trying to find his way back. And this is a start. Now, we still have not heard from Jonah Hill, as far as I can tell. No, excuse me. He's not very vocal. I remember when I was at TMZ, he never really wanted to do interviews or anything like that. You know, he's kind of a little, he's a little sensitive, a little too sensitive for my taste. Always complaining about people making fun of him. Like, I get it. Look, it sucks, you know, but on the other hand, look at your life. It's much better than it would have been if you were not famous and successful. So uh, if Jonah Hill is willing to meet with him, now that would be something. That might help. But what would be his motivation? You know, maybe if he's just a fan of Kanye and he feels like he can bring him back. Kind of like that guy, Lex Friedman, who's a podcaster on YouTube. He's like part of the whole Joe Rogan crew. He did an interview with Kanye before the Alex Jones appearance where he was trying. Lex Friedman himself is Jewish and he was trying to kind of like talk to Kanye and bring him back. So maybe, you know, the door is going to open. I don't know. Uh, the chic antique. I think Ye is brilliant. He did all this to look nuts and get out of his contractual agreement with Adidas. Yeah. But now I think he's looking at that and saying, maybe I should have stayed in that contract because I have way less money and everyone hates me. You know, it's almost like he, uh, he, like, like the one guy said, he kept doubling down because he was so far into it. It's like the sunk cost fallacy. You know, I've been this anti-Semitic to prove my point that I don't, no one can control me. I think that was uh, initially, look, we know that he, from, from uh, you know, people in his circle saying he wanted to name his 20, 2018 album Hitler and, and everyone talking about his love of the Nazis for years. We know that he actually was into this stuff, but I still think the public onslaught that he, that he unleashed on all of us last year was just him his uh, his ego trying to say no one can control me not even the jewish people so he kept doubling down and now he's now he's doing this he is mean he is he is a little mean i think he'll be fine people want their yeezys yeah i mean look it's kind of a weird stalemate because i do agree that most and not me i have always just been so annoyed with Kanye West that I I've never bought a Yeezy. I've never been, but like this wasn't for the anti-Semitism stuff. You know, I didn't know about it. I was just annoyed at his personality, his like narcissism and his, uh, he, he like never could be self-deprecating. You know, it just got really annoying. So I I've always had issues with Kanye when it comes to that, but there is a weird unspoken stalemate going on where i bet the public at large is kind of like oh yo are we gonna uh you gonna release those yeezys adidas and adidas is sitting there like man people would probably still buy these if we could just do it quietly but the blowback in the media might be too much 
But if they could just like clandestinely send Yeezys to people that want them and then be sent the money for them and just like quietly, like never announce it, they would do it. And the public would do it too. Cause the public is just going to be like, yeah, yeah, he's anti-Semitic, but if I can get those Yeezys at a discount, I'm going to do it. Is gendering by saying him cancel this Italian. Are you talking about Kanye? Don't tell me he, he, he's changed. Um, so that's it. That's Kanye. We'll see. We'll see. By the way, I do know the uh, Reseda reporter who's watching right now. You are a Jewish man. I know this because you've been on my show and we've discussed Kanye. Are you ready to take him back because he likes a Jonah Hill movie? Please feel free to respond. Let's talk about TikTok. All right, one second here. All right, so liberals all of a sudden are coming to the defense of TikTok every chance they can get. And it's actually like, okay, hold on. Let me, let me, let me set this up properly. This is what I wanted to start with. All right, so there's a new squad den, by the way, Jamal Bowman, who I've never heard of, but... I guess he's in the squad along with Ilhan, AOC, and uh, Rashida Talib and Ayanna Presley. So, like, <clears throat> there's all this talk about banning TikTok because it's known that the amount of data that they collect is, like, extraordinary. They can see every keystroke. They can figure out, even if you don't have the app, apparently, they can monitor what you're doing. If you have it on your phone, they can like look at every single computer, everything you have hooked up on your network and see what you're doing. It collects a lot of data and it sends it to China. This is not in dispute. China is not exactly our friend. China and Russia are meeting right now and discussing their whole future together. The Pentagon is preparing for like satellite war with China. China is not our friend. We don't want to say they're our sworn enemy right now, but they're not our friend. They're competing for global supremacy right now, too. They want to be the top dog. They want to take America's place that we earned in the 20th century. And they want to be number one. So a lot of people and yeah, our social media company, you know, Meta and Twitter and all. Yeah, they all collect our data, too. And our own government collects our data. We all saw what happened when Snowden, you know, dropped the bomb of information on uh, on the whole world back in 2014. We know all this, but like, we don't want this stuff also just going to China. Like, yeah, we should deal with what's going on here at home, but we don't need to give this up to China too in the meantime. And it pisses me off to see these liberals claiming that people want to ban TikTok because it's racist. The Chinese, like, wake up. The, it's the government. It's not like the Chinese people are like sitting around their table and, and uh, while they're eating dinner, they're pouring through our data and watching our kids dance to music. No, the government over there is getting all this information and who knows how they're going to use it against us. So like wake the F up. It's not a racist thing to be a little suspicious 
of a Chinese spy app. I mean, by the way, we did just shoot down a Chinese spy balloon. Like, does that factor, does anybody put two and two together? There's spying going on here. Representative Jamal Bowman defended the controversial Chinese-owned app TikTok during a Wednesday press conference, claiming that a potential U.S. government ban of the software or other measures to stifle its connection to the Chinese government are racist towards China. Dumb, dumb, dumbass. Not racist towards China. People are saying, oh, you just, you're mad that a Chinese app is doing so well. Like, no, we got our own apps that are doing just fine and doing just as well probably in the data collection department. But it doesn't mean that we have to expose ourselves and our data to a potentially hostile foreign adversary. It's almost impossible to get tea as a man, but they will give it to any teenage girl and women. Did she have a beef with the kids too? That's a good question. Can't believe 150 million Americans have the app. That's mind-blowing to me. I know. Listen, I downloaded it at first because, like, as a content creator, you need to be on TikTok and you got to tap it. I, I don't know how to use it. I don't like it. I've deleted it off my phone. It probably still has access to all of my data, but, like, 150 million people are on it. And the reason, as I'm reading, that a lot of these... Uh, Democrats are defending TikTok and they're using the argument that it's racist is really they're worried because Gen Z is on TikTok and they don't want to uh, slap in the face these Gen Z Democratic voters. Gen Z voters lean overwhelmingly Democratic, but some Democrats warn they'll stay home if the White House bans their favorite app. You got to put country before party here, people. TikTok discriminates. What does that mean exactly? Please uh, expand on that, Beverly. In the nation's capital, the debate over banning TikTok is largely focused on whether the app's Chinese parent company poses a security threat to Americans. Of course it does. But behind closed doors, Democrats are also being forced to weigh whether blocking the popular video platform could come with heavy political costs. In 2020, Aiden Cohn Murphy used TikTok to rally support for Joe Biden. Now he's trying to use the platform to stop Biden from killing it. I'm not defending TikTok as a company. I'm defending my entire generation, said the 19-year-old Harvard freshman who, as a high schooler during the 2020 campaign, founded a group called TikTok for Biden. It has since changed its name to Gen Z for Change and, in, and formally incorporated as a political nonprofit. Now includes 500 creators with a combined 500 million followers on multiple platforms. If they went ahead with banning TikTok, it would feel like a slap in the face to a young Americans. Democrats don't understand the political consequences this have. Democrats, let me explain to you something. Gen Z is still not going to come out in large numbers. Young people, I know young people came out in bigger numbers than expected during the midterms. But like, history tells you that the youth, when it was my generation, when it was other people's generation, when it's the current generation, the youth is a lot of talk. The 18-year-olds, the 19-year-olds, they say they're going to go out and vote. And then what happens? They don't. They don't really show up. So, yeah, you want to try to lure them in. But don't rely on them. And don't force us to compromise our security over the Gen Z vote. 
as well post their social security numbers online they don't care yeah i mean part of it is probably growing up in uh this era where like all your information is just online and you have to give up so much personal information to get access to certain things online and maybe gen z is just like well that's just how we live nothing is private but for the rest of us who grew up who who you know sort of traveled through this transformative age we don't like it 150 million us users like sorry guys go to another platform it's enough i mean personally i hope they ban it just because i'm sick of feeling like i have to use it to promote my show but also i don't like the security risks that's it So that's a big reason why they are doing it. And AOC's out there. And like, look, AOC, uh, I know a lot of people hate AOC. I don't hate AOC. I find her generally to be sincere in what she's doing, even if you don't always agree with what uh, she's going after. But she seems to have been sucked in by this whole, like, it's racist against Chinese people argument. It's not, that's like, and then this is from Melissa Chen who is a contributing editor to The Spectator, board and managing director of Ideas B2, born in Singapore, uh, that, that U.S. social media companies also do the same thing by collecting data is a facile argument promulgated by those who, in essence, are saying there are no differences between being a Chinese company and a U.S. company. That is patently false legal and moral equivalency. So... You know, and by the way, we, we know in China, the TikTok is different. It's like promotes educational videos. Like the algorithm is to educate the kids as opposed to here, where it's like dance and like wacky shit. And like, look, I'm, I'm just, I, I do an entertainment news show and I've worked for uh, an entertainment news company for years. I, under, I value content that is not educational. You got to have fun stuff so that you can just sit back and laugh and enjoy and kind of tune out a little bit. I'm all about that. That's my market. But it's just uh, shocking that over there, they're, they, they're doing it the complete hey, opposite way. Hey, and, and we're supposed to just be like, well, we love TikTok. Let's keep it. Every kid should have it. Here's what AOC had to say about TikTok. Let's go. Hey everyone, this is Rep AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and this is my first TikTok. Now, this is not only my first TikTok, but it is a TikTok about TikTok. Now, this week, the CEO of TikTok came and testified before Congress as there is growing rumblings and discussion over a nationwide ban on the app. Do I believe TikTok should be banned? No. Why should TikTok not be banned? First of all, I think it's important to discuss how unprecedented of a move this would be. The United States has never before banned a social media company from existence, from operating in our borders. And this is an app that has over 150 million Americans on it. Some of the arguments about banning TikTok have come. Real quick. Okay. Yeah. It might be unprecedented, but like it's an unprecedented social media app. It's been around for years now. And cybersecurity experts have examined it and said it's the most invasive app that's like ever been unleashed on our shores. So it's not just any old app. 
that they're trying to ban. And it's not like a Chinese company tried to get an app into the U.S. marketplace and we said, no, get out of here. You're Chinese. They've been here. They've got 150 million followers. We've seen how it works. We've seen the results. And now people are taking a step back and saying, you know what? Maybe we don't want that. With respect to uh, discussions around Chinese surveillance and utilization of, of data that is tracked and the enormous amount of tracking uh, on U.S. citizens that, and data that is harvested by TikTok. And they say, because of this egregious amount of data harvesting, we should ban this app. However, that doesn't really address the core of the issue, which is the fact that major social media companies are allowed to collect troves of deeply personal data about you that you don't know about without really any significant regulation whatsoever. In fact, the United States is one of the only developed nations in the world that has no significant data or privacy protection laws on the books. The EU, for example, has something known as the GDPR. Okay, so like her argument is, hey, just because they do it too, we shouldn't ban them? Like, no, of course, look, we should look at all these companies and what they're doing with the data. But doesn't mean we just let China run wild and keep going because some of our companies do it too. Like, let's put a stop to them doing it. And then we focus on ours. Don't just let them keep going. Which really forces an, an enormous amount of protection on individual users and the amount of data uh, that companies can collect about you without your knowledge. So... To me, the solution here is not to ban an individual company, but to actually protect Americans from this kind of egregious data harvesting that companies can do without your significant ability to say no. And usually when the United States is proposing a very major move that has something to do with significant risk to national security, one of the first things that happens is that Congress receives a classified briefing. And I can tell you that Congress has not received a classified briefing around the allegations of national security risks regarding TikTok. So why would we be proposing a ban regarding such a significant issue without being clued in on this at all? It just doesn't feel right to me. And additionally, this case needs to be made to the public. We are a government by the people and for the people. And if we want to make a decision as significant as banning TikTok, and we believe, or someone believes, that there's really important information that the public deserves to know about why such a decision would be justified. That information should be shared with the public. Okay, I agree with that. Like, fine. Let's have the information shared with the public. And I think the public, you know, look, it sucks for the users, but apps closed down. Anybody remember Vine? Vine was where people were building their careers. And it didn't get banned. They just shut the thing down and people migrated over to uh, YouTube and they, they, they went to other apps. So like, you know, and also I'm sure all these 150 million people that are on TikTok are not just on TikTok. I'm sure they're on Instagram. I'm sure they're on Twitter. I'm sure they're on YouTube. I'm sure they're everywhere because we all have to be everywhere. They're on LinkedIn, whatever app they're not, they're not like going to be left out in the cold. It's not like people are going to be homeless because we ban TikTok. And we're also asking for the company ByteDance to either sell it 
so that it's not owned by a shell company that belongs to the Chinese Communist Party government. Or you can't do it here. Sorry. They do it to us, by the way. If we sent a TikTok over there, you think they would be sitting there like, well, you know, come on. You're being racist against Americans. No, they would kick us right the F out of there. Stop it. Smarten up, AOC, on this one. <clears throat> and the rest of the squad. What's the matter with you guys? You're missing the mark here. All right. Speaking of crazy stuff, let's talk about... You know, while we're on this whole like governments and, and weird spying and, and all that kind of stuff, what is with this push to make us all eat bugs? Every month or two, I see a new video online where they're trying to sell us on the idea that we're all going to be eating insects in the future. Now, mind you, this isn't Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates are going to be eating insects. This is like everyone else is going to be eating insects. Like, what is this? First of all, I'm sorry for stopping the video. I already hate the music. The music is trying to just make it seem like, oh, this is some kind of like uh, interesting, whimsical thing. We're going to put bugs in your food. F you. So these are called uh, tenebra immolators. They're small mealworms. Um, and these are some of the most common insects used in mainstream insect eating. Yeah, they're trying to make this out to be like a Disney thing, like Disney's insects, you know? Everything in human nature, in our biology, tells you that when food looks like this, you're not supposed to eat it. When you pick up a burger and you see worms crawling around it, we are we, naturally we feel like, ugh, I am disgusted. That's not safe to eat. They're trying to make us go against our very human nature. My God. Tell me about it, Richard. Probably already eating bugs and don't realize it. I mean, that's true. Listen, there's insects. I, I know for sure there are insects that are, um, you know, probably accidentally getting into the mix or maybe purposely, you know, here and there. But uh, this is just so insulting. I think I accidentally ate a spider once. It was horrible. I had picked up, you know, like when you park next to a tree for a night and the next thing you know, like the spiders get into your car and they never leave. And it's not like there's insects or food in there. I don't know what they're doing, how they're surviving, but they just never leave your car. And so I was driving. I picked up my coffee. I took a sip and I felt like some kind of like squishy thing. And then I spit it out and there was like a little balled up dead spider that I almost swallowed. For Christ's sake. And these British people would love that. Oh, good, mate. You had some spider coffee. It's delicious. 
we use are from local shops. So anything that goes to waste, we take and give to our insects. How do they taste? Let's see. The flavor that they have is kind of not conventional because obviously you don't find insects that much in mainstream uh, cuisine in the West. The smaller mealworms have like a nutty taste. The larger mealworms have a, the texture of chicken almost, but they also have kind of an almondy flavor. It's, it's, it's an interesting taste and it works on uh, a lot of dishes. It's usually used as a supplement, uh, but you can also make them into flour which is then used as it used in biscuits and again if you came home from the store and you opened up your package of hamburger meat and it looked like that you would have a lawsuit on your hands you would call a lawyer you wouldn't throw it on the grill biscuits and cakes uh, and it's really rich because of the protein so you can make really filling snacks from them. Oh. Oh. This, this is this is what the the World Economic Forum are they the ones that are uh are forcing this on us? This idea of uh hey, you'll own nothing and you'll like it and you'll eat bugs. You can make insect flour, probably already putting in baked goods. That's yeah. I don't, but like the, it's appalling this whole, like, we're just going to put the worms on the food. Now it's going to be a garnish. Oh, Lord. That's your new, see that right there. Those are your new black beans that are going to go along with your carne asada. Beans and rice. I would rather eat. Um, you can cook for people you don't like. <laughs> That's true. I would rather eat, uh, you know, uh, laboratory made meat than this truly I, I can't get over this we're not supposed to be eating bugs bugs are like when your plane crashes in the forest or the jungle and uh, you got no choice it's like well I survived on mealworms and, and beetles not supposed to be kids come home hey kids have a worm burger You, you know what? No, don't uh, don't take it out on us because there are issues with the environment. The larger corporations have a much bigger and like the upcoming countries, China and India, that are, are, are uh, you know, using up all the resources and, and whatnot now because it's their turn. The rest of us don't have to eat bugs because of that.
God damn it. All right. Let's talk about Koberger. Koberger, uh, ruin that name. A Koberger. That's what a Koberger is. Right here. Looks horrible. Eat this tasty Koberger. All right. Brian Enton of News Nation. Brian Enton, who I said if they make a movie of or, or a Netflix series produced by Ryan Murphy of the Brian Koberger story, I would say Andy Cohen should play Brian Enton. He is now reporting that uh, Koberger sisters have lost their jobs because of what they, because of who their brother is. Let's watch. So today we've got some exclusive new reporting about the family of Brian Koberger, the suspected Idaho student killer. I can report for the first time tonight about the deep impact that his arrest for the brutal murders of four University of Idaho students is having on both his parents and his siblings. You know, we've heard from the families of the victims about the unimaginable impact uh, the murders have had on their lives, but we've not heard from the Kohlbergers except for a statement they released soon after the rest. And I have now learned uh, that Kohlbergers' two sisters have both lost their jobs since the murders and were let go because of their relationship with their brother, uh, Brian Koberger. Koberger's older sister was a school counselor, uh, and we know his younger sister at one point at least was working uh, as an actress. Bo both of Koberger's parents are retired, and I'm told the family is in very, very bad shape financially right now, especially because the sisters uh, are now unemployed. You'll remember, are we... Well, first of all, you know, not to be rude, but... The younger sister being an actress, she may have just lost her job from not, uh, you know, it's hard to get roles as an actress. I don't know that you can blame that one on Koberger. The sister losing her job as a school counselor, I don't support that. If they got rid of her, I mean, yeah, is it uncomfortable and kind of strange to have uh, the currently most notorious accused murderer at a school? Well, shit. What am I saying? We got the Nashville shooter today. But, you know, Mr. College Killer, alleged Brian Koberger. Yeah. Is it kind of weird that your sister is a student counselor now? Is it is that an uncomfortable situation for the school where she worked? I'm sure it is. But uh, still, she had nothing to do with that. It's her weird brother. Same with the parents. You know, you can't. I know that there's an impulse to just lash out you want revenge you want somebody to suffer somebody to feel the pain but brian is in custody and he'll go through his trial and if he gets convicted he might face a firing squad apparently that's legal again in idaho so let Koberger, let brian suffer the consequences don't put it on the Koberger's. You can't, uh, you can't, you can't fire her for that unless they like asked her to resign. I don't know, but that's not right. Caught a glimpse of Brian's dad riding in the car with his son when Indiana police pulled Koberger over in December as he was making that cross-country trip from Idaho to Pennsylvania. Uh, that was just weeks after the murders. And the parents are probably down a car right now. I'm sure that the authorities still have possession of that, uh, that Elantra. And then even when you get the Elantra back, you know, do you really want to drive it? Brian's Elantra that he used to commit the murders. And then how are you going to sell it? 
I mean, I'm sure you could sell it to some, you know, creepy uh, murder obsessed collector. But. Overall, morally. You would I would hope feel strange trying to sell Brian Enton's murder car. They tore it apart. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's been chopped. It's been chopped. But like, do they do the parents get reimbursed for that? You know, it was in the mom's name. So. Let's keep going. I've also learned that the family has not visited Koberger uh, in jail. A lot of people have been asking me this on Twitter over the last couple of weeks, whether or not they've made the trip back to Idaho to visit the jail. They have not, uh, though I've been told that they have talked to Koberger on the phone. You remember the statement Koberger's parents initially released back in January, expressed condolences for the victims, uh, but added that they will continue to love and support uh, our son and brother while promoting his presumption of innocence. And now we know that even his sisters just being related to Koberger uh, has really taken a toll on their livelihood. It's a situation my next guest, unfortunately, really knows about all too well. Carrie Rawson is the daughter of- Did you say my next gay? All too well. Carrie Rawson, next guest, unfortunately, really knows about all too well. Carrie Rawson is the daughter of Dennis Rader, perhaps better known uh, as the BTK killer for bind, torture, and kill. She's also the author of A Serial Killer's Daughter, My Story of Faith, uh, Love, and Overcoming. And Carrie joins me now. Um, Carrie, thanks as always uh, right. for, for coming on with me. I really appreciate it. Um, and you just have such an interesting perspective on these kinds of situations. Well, when my father killed somebody, I wrote a book. Um, Koberger's sisters, from, from what we know, there's no evidence that they had anything to do with the murders. But now we're learning um, that they have lost their jobs because of their connection to their brother. Uh, did anything like this happen to you or your family? What do you make of it? Um, well, first, I think it's important to remember that Koberger's family, as far as we you know, know at this point are crime victims. So um, you have to you have to come from that place to begin with um, to understand what they're going through. Um, in the case of my family, uh, we all took a break. We had to we had to stop work for a while um, with understanding from like our employers. So my um, one of my uncles, my dad's younger brother, he um, took an early retirement from Boeing in Wichita. Um, the, he was kind of approached by management and, and then asked them for help. So they were really supportive because it wouldn't have been a very good culture for him on the floor of Bo Boeing to have to go back and be the brother of BTK. Um, plus, um, my uncles had to help with their mom. Uh, my grandma was really frail and falling down at home and the media kept coming to her house. So um, she was actually moved to a nursing home outside of Wichita and she was actually protected under a different last name even um, just to protect her privacy and my family's privacy so we could go visit her. Um, in mm -hmm. um, were, were impacted and I feel like social media is even more rampant now family hasn't gone to uh visit him in expensive well anyways look you know that's that's brian's interview um yeah that's it's not right for the family to have to lose their jobs except for the actress i mean again 
Is she trying to be an actress in Pennsylvania or is she out here in LA? Um, that the sisters will get new last names now. Yeah, I would definitely look into that for now. You know, get get a get a new last name, especially the actress. Unless you're trying to get cast in some kind of, uh, you know, some somebody who would value this, Coburg. Like maybe Tarantino would put uh, Coburger in a movie, but I feel bad for them. And what's the what are the parents going to do? You know, they're already old. Like they're like kind of either retired or they're looking to retire and just enjoy their golden years. And Brian goes and does this. Now everything's ruined. Nice going, Brian. Nice going. All right. What is left to talk about? Oh, the dentist. Since we're on the uh, accused killer beat. Let's talk about the dentist who uh, allegedly poisoned his wife. He 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 took arsenic and uh, put it in his wife's smoothies, and she would say, "Well, this smoothie kind of tastes weird," and he'd be like, "Ha ha! Good thing I didn't drink it." Like, what a fucking sick weirdo! All right. Jim Craig. So he was bankrupt and apparently he lost $600,000 in a crypto scheme. That's the only thing that grabbed my attention here. Again, he's charged with first degree murder for allegedly poisoning his wife, Angela, 43, mother to his six children by putting potassium cyanide into her protein. Oh, sorry. I, I read arsenic on a different article early on. Cyanide. Excuse me. So he had, he was having an affair. He was bankrupt. Life was falling apart. How does he solve it? The dumbest way possible. Killing his wife. I never will understand. Things are bad. So you make them worse. Like instead of just like leaving town, what happened to leaving town? You know, the old going out for a pack of cigarettes or whatever. Killing your wife in this day and age where crime-solving techniques are so advanced is always going to result in you going to jail. They all, like, even when it's incorrect, they always look at the spouse or the boyfriend first. And they're going to rip apart your life and, like, go through everything and talk to everybody. They're going to figure it out. What is the matter with you? You're 45. You're not that old. You're not technologically inept. You should have known this. You're a dentist. You're capable of retaining knowledge in your head. All right. He was in $2 million of personal debt. His dental practice was hemorrhaging money to the tune of roughly $120,000 a month. He filed for personal and professional bankruptcy in 2020. I just want to know what crypto we lost money on. Okay. In November and December of 2019, he attempted to prop up his business by pouring more than a million dollars in three separate tranches into worthless cryptocurrency Xtroption.gold, a coin that has become known as fool's gold in which he had invested. All right. This guy is as dumb as it gets. Extraption. No one's ever heard of extraption. Like, 
if he had put it into Bitcoin or Dogecoin or like many other coins, Litecoin, like there were coins that could have made him money. Whether or not they have an actual worth is debatable, but they they went up, especially during 2020. Now, look, he couldn't have predicted the uh, COVID pandemic and how that would affect the cryptocurrency market, but still, extraption.gold, and you're pouring a million dollars into it. And in a perhaps desperate bid to dig himself out of his financial hole, that same year he fell victim to a crypto Ponzi scheme that saw him lose another 600000 Wow. He is among several victims listed in a federal fraud suit filed against James Wolfgram in Utah last summer. Wolfgram is accused of posing online as a crypto millionaire and bilking multiple victims out of millions through his company, BitX. Does he get to keep any winnings? That'd be interesting. Goes to jail and then he's got like crypto settlement money for his commissary. Wow. Well, yeah, this is one of those cases. Again, he searched things online. He was Googling. He like asked his friends or not his, his the people that worked in his office, like someone that worked in his office opened up a package and they saw cyanide in it. And he was like, oh, it's for like, you know, killing rats or something. He's just as stupid as it gets. FTX or Stella Luna, never heard of that one. Yeah, he's really dumb. He's really dumb. Extraption. I still have never heard it to this day. Extraption. That's the first I've heard of it. Terrible guy. Stupid, stupid man. Let's turn it over to some... Uh, oh, shoot. I forgot to talk about this. Real quick. I meant to talk about this during the whole block about the the, uh, the bugs. They have created a meatball from a long extinct woolly mammoth in Australia. But they don't want to eat it because they think it's dangerous. They don't know if it's deadly. Hey, you know, whatever. We already talked about food. It's enough. Enough food. Okay, let's go over to some celebrity news. Praz from the Fugees. Anyone remember the Fugees? Lauren Hill killing killing them softly. Um, freaking some other songs. They were big back in the 90s. Praz, Lauren Hill. Uh, who's the other guy? The Jamaican guy. You know him. Wyclef. Wyclef Sean. Anyways. He, Praz, the least known member, was apparently took $100 million from Joe Lau, the Malaysian fraudster who was involved in bankrolling the Wolf of Wall Street and who gave all these gifts to Leonardo DiCaprio and he was partying with Paris Hilton. He's been on the run. He's disappeared. They say he's in China hiding out. Um, follow him on TikTok. And uh, Praz, who you would never expect would even be in touch with this guy is facing decades in prison. His trial is about to begin. The jury selection began on Monday. He was taking this money in an attempt to influence both the Obama administration and the Trump administration. 
He's charged with conspiracy, witness tampering, and failure to register as an agent of China. Now, listen, AOC and everyone else who thinks TikTok is just harmless, they're recruiting pros. That's how diabolical the Chinese government is. A guy, the third guy from a 90s hip-hop group they recruited for foreign influence. And you're going to tell me TikTok is safe. Faces decades in prison, yeah. 50-year-old is accused of accepting $100 million from Lo or Lao. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. It's J-H-O-L-O-W. I say Joe Lo or Joe Lao, all right? And using his funds in an attempt to influence the administrations of both President Barack Obama and Donald Trump. These efforts included attempts to have the administration drop investigations into Laos and secure the return of Chinese dissident Miles Guo to Beijing. Um, Lao is accused of orchestrating one of the largest financial scams in history, with, which included turning the slush fund budget of the Malaysian government into his personal cash piggy bank, selling phony bonds through Goldman Sachs and using the money to fund a celebrity-filled lifestyle and even uh, fund the DiCaprio Martin Scorsese film The Wolf of Wall Street. Now, Joe Lau is believed to be hiding in China, so Mitchell is standing trial alone for his involvement in the scam. Isn't that how it always goes? They, scammers disappear, and you are left holding the bag. Now, I feel bad for Praz because I used to see him regularly in Beverly Hills when I was at TMZ and I was walking my beat, I would see Praz. He always showed up to this uh, like vegan restaurant that used to be there on Brighton. Nice guy. I interviewed him a bunch of times. They didn't usually use him because he was not, he's just not that relevant of a name, but he was always cool. Always down to talk. And he was smart because he always pulled up in the same blue Bentley. And it was a nice enough Bentley that you could believe he got it from his Fuji's money. But it wasn't so nice that you'd suspect that he bought it with money stolen from the Malaysian government slush fund. And he never changed it or got a new one or upgraded it. It was just like, all right, this is a guy. He probably bought this thing used and, you know, it's a nice car, but it's not it's not that nice. it was very smart. Again, he was cool. Uh, I'm glad I never asked him for any business advice, but yeah, I feel for him getting wrapped up in this. Apparently, he only made about eight to ten million dollars. Well, actually, no, no, no. They suspect he made anywhere from eight to forty million dollars from this scam. And it's like, you know, the music industry is tough, even if they had hits. I'm sure they didn't have a great record deal, the Fugees probably wasn't making much from royalties they can't tour because lauren hill's so unreliable that like they can't even get together to do a, a tour to make money that way what do you do well like everyone else in beverly hills you turn into a big fraud so many people walking around beverly hills were and are just major financial frauds they're in crypto or they're stealing money from this or they're embezzling it's like it's all just a bunch of frauds walking around having a great time until the hammer drops I was shocked to see a drop on Praz. Uh, and I don't even know, like, can he rat anybody out? Is there somebody that he can turn evidence on? I, I hate to see them try to pin this whole thing on him. Even though he is guilty, 
but like decades in prison for this. I hope he's got a good lawyer. He first met Lau at a nightclub in New York City in 2006. Prosecutors allege Mitchell became involved in a two-part scheme orchestrated by Lau, which he was charged for in 2019. First involved the fundraising for Obama during his 2012 presidential campaign. Bras, where's Lauren? Where's Wyclef? Why am I talking to you? Mitchell allegedly reimbursed guests to attend the $40,000 apiece fundraising dinner in an effort to curry favor with the president's administration and then threaten them not to reveal where their funds came from. And he also funneled a total of a million dollars of Lowe's funds into Obama's campaign and did it to 20 donors to avoid detection. Those funds allegedly came directly from the cash Lowe stole from the Malaysian government. You know, when I read about this story, I also had to think, did Joe Lau steal so much money from the Malaysian government that they were like, they half-assed the investigation into where flight MH370 went? Because it kind of was happening around the same time. MH370 went missing in 2014, and then, like, you know, within a year or so, they suspended the investigation. I wonder if they were like, look, we got a major deficit here. We can't put any money towards this thing. You know what? The plane crashed. Forget about it. By the way, there's a new MH370 documentary on Netflix. It was interesting to hear the theories. I recommend watching if you're into that sort of thing. Mysteries, aviation mysteries. What happened to it? Did it get sucked into a black hole as Don Lemon suggested? Yes. Yes, it did. Um... And uh, the second plot involved Mitchell helping Lau lobby officials in the Trump administration in an effort to end an investigation into Lau's business dealings. The defendant, Prakarazel Mitchell, or Praz, received over $100 million from Joe Lau, a foreign fugitive responsible for one of the largest embezzlement schemes in history. This guy is an all-time fraud. He's up there with Madoff and uh, Sam Bankman fraud from FTX. to use back-channel influence to convince the then-president of the United States to drop a federal investigation into Lau and to agree to the extrajudicial removal of a Chinese exile living in the United States. Mitchell is also believed to have met with a Chinese government official at a Four Seasons hotel in New York City to organize their efforts in 2017. Again, it's Praz from the Fugees, the third guy. They're using him. Can't believe it. The other big celebrity story today is, uh, oh, Twitter. Twitter has their secret list of VIPs that goes against Elon Musk's idea of treating everyone equal. And who is on it will shock you. Elon Musk is vocal about treating everyone equal on Twitter, but a new report reveals the CEO has a list of around 35 VIP users who get a boost on the platform. Documents obtained by Platformer claim people in politics, sports. Okay, let's just get to the list. Uh, the report states that when tweets from VIP users drop, engineers for the social networking platform tweak the code so they are always visible. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Daily Wire founder Ben Shapiro, President Joe Biden, Los Angeles Laker LeBron James, and Bloomberg, Bloomberg I've been talking for too long. Bloomberg columnist Matt Iglesias are among the elite 
plus many others. Wow. So it seems to be a bipartisan effort at the very least. You got AOC and Ben Shapiro. Can't say it's going one way or the other. Um, let's see. Reports uh, Mr. Beast, Twitter user at Drill, and menswear writer Derek Guy are also on the list. Who put Derek Guy on the list? Why is he on the list? Who is Derek Guy? Considering the names of the so-called VPs, VIPs, it appears they were given the status due to how much users engaged with them, whether they love them or hate them. Some speculate the list is Musk's plan to boost revenue, as many, including himself, said the CEO overpaid for Twitter and has been struggling to generate revenue. Well, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, that makes perfect sense. People that that get a lot of engagement, uh, you want their tweets to be seen so you can put more promoted ads in the uh, in the thread of their of their tweets makes perfect sense no conspiracy who else is on the list that's it they don't give us the full 35 hmm. all right that's that um and finally emily radishkowski was making out with Harry Styles, and everyone was talking about what a poor job he did kissing her. It was on video. You pull up the video. See that? Let me, uh, let me expand this. And let's see what we all think. Oh, wait, no. You can't see it that way. So he doesn't look very enthused. He's not grabbing her face. He's not passionate. He's kind of stiff. She's into it. Now, I got to be honest here. I'm not, this isn't, I'm not a men's rights guy. I don't blame Harry here. I think Harry is standing there kind of going for it but he's thinking in his mind oh shoot am i emily's next on her list am i the next guy she's targeting for relevancy because we know she was on a date with uh with uh uh pete davidson like she was pete davidson's rebound after kim k then next thing you know she's dating comedian eric andre who was at the laker game by the way i saw him on sunday and now she's trying to, you know, gravitate into Harry Styles' life. She's trying to get his interest because it helps her stay relevant. It's a career thing. In Hollywood, a lot of these relationships truly are about getting attention. You know, as David Spade said, when it's a celebrity and uh, a regular person, you know, the attention is like, yeah. But when you get a celebrity and a celebrity together, it's like 10 celebrities, the amount of attention that you start receiving. And when you got Kanye West getting together with Kim Kardashian, it's like 100 celebrities and the weight of attention is crushing. And I think that's what really sent him over the edge, because I remember interviewing him before or just at the very before Kim, then at the very beginning of Kim and then like six months into Kim and a totally different guy. Kanye. However, Emily 
is apparently begging for Olivia Wilde's forgiveness after the Harry Styles PDA. That's right. You know, Olivia Wilde blew up her entire family and is now embroiled in a vicious custody battle with ex Jason Sudeikis because she fell in love with Harry Styles while filming that horrible piece of garbage. Don't worry, darling, or as I call it, don't worry about seeing it. Because uh, I don't know. She just fell under the spell of Styles. Then they broke up. So now Olivia is out there. No family, no husband, nothing. I don't even know, you know, no Oscar nomination for that movie. And um, Jason, I don't know what he's up to. He's out there at the White House wearing sneakers in the Oval Office, promoting Ted Lasso. You dirty ratta. Emily Radakowski is begging for pal Olivia Wilde's forgiveness, a source tells Page Six, after video of the model making out with her ex Harry Styles went viral. Over the weekend, Daily Mail published video of the Grammy winner and the model swapping spit on the street in Tokyo. Honestly, I don't think they swapped any spit. Harry was like, he, he, he practically had his mouth closed. Source tells us that Wilde and Radishkowski are friends and that the My Body author is now begging her for forgiveness. That's not very progressive of you, Emily. You know, Emily's all about, uh, I don't know, women's rights and stuff, which is good. I, that's fine. It's just, you know, when people turn it into a career, it's always funny when you see someone, she was a model, uh, actress and all that. Okay. That slows down. Now I'm going to pivot into being an activist. It's, it's the, uh, the Alyssa Milano career path. It's like the opportunities are drying up. Activism. That's where we're going to make the money. Just weeks ago, the Don't Worry Darling director Olivia Wilde and Radishkowski were photographed hanging out together at the 2023 Vanity Fair Oscars bash on March 12th. Last June, they were seated next to each other in the VIP section at Styles' Paris concert. Uh-oh. They were spotted palling around and dancing together. Emrata even came to Wilde's defense when she faced criticism about her relationship with Styles. While she was promoting her movie, Don't Worry Darling, saying she felt protective of Wilde. Oh, my God. This is really bad, Emily. How could you? totally backstabbed your friend when he, when it comes to her pal locking lips with styles we hear wild wants nothing to do with it she is staying far away from this and taking the high road not very protective of wild there are you emily she's focused on her kids and her work she wants nothing to do with this mess um So I don't know. Okay. She's uh, Emily's since been linked to Brad. Oh yeah. She, she got a divorce from the guy she has a kid with. She's been linked to Brad Pitt. Were they linked or was that just something that they wrote? Emily's a snake. Exactly. Listen, I don't dislike Emily, but like, you know, come on. She's one of those people that will criticize others and then do this. And that's not good. The link to Brad Pitt, Pete Davidson, Eric Andre, artist Jack Greer, and DJ Orazio Rispo. She recently said on her High Low podcast that paparazzi have screwed up casual dating for her. I've gone on dates where there's been no pictures, and I'm like, all good, she said. 
And then there's been times where literally the first time I've met someone, we spent two hours together and there's pictures on the internet. Oh God, keeping you in the news. That's that classic Hollywood, like double speak. Oh, those paparazzi just keep getting pictures of us and putting them out there. I can't believe that when Pete Davidson and I sat courtside at the Knicks game, the paparazzi took pictures of us and put them out there on our first dates. What an invasion. Who is she? Megan and Harry? Well, anyways, I think we've talked about literally everything in the world today. Uh, great show. A lot of participation. I love that. Thank you to everybody who's been joining the conversation. This is the most important show in America, as we know. Um, huge millions of fans. And uh, I thank you. I will be back probably tomorrow, possibly Thursday. Just depends. And uh, as always. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. That's the greatest commercial ever. No, but as always. Have a good life. We will see you soon. Much love. Thank you. Love. All right, Kanye. So once again, thank you to my brother. Tell him your name again. Dante Greco. Two words. Made in America. <laughs> Dante, you're doing great. That's good. I Listen, I want you to leave my good friend Ringo alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Have a good day.